Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 358. Well, I like to think that uh, one of my favorite individuals in the history of the automobile industry is Lucio Bertoni. And uh, he, he says, he said back when he was alive, that any person with an objective in life knows no obstacles. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Michael Robinson. Michael, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You better believe it. All right. It's so good to have you here all the way from Italy. Michael Robinson is the CEO and design director of ED Design in Turin, Italy. He was born in Whittier, California, and has lived in Italy since 1979. ED Design is a design and engineering company creating the automotive and transportation industry. Previously, Michael was the design director at Bertone, Fiat, and Lancia. He's worked as a designer for Ford and Volvo, Opel and Kia, and he's contributed to numerous other automotive marks. In addition to the automotive sector, Michael designed the new high-speed train for Europe and numerous other non-automotive design projects, and he won the coveted Grover Bell Innovation Award in 2014 for his full electric twin-tilt rotor VTOL flying wing. Now that is very cool. So Michael, as we continue with our talk Carrying over from yesterday, this is one of those two-part Cars Yeah discussions, so if you're just tuning in today, make sure you go back and listen to yesterday's show, number 357, to get you up to speed to where we are today with Michael's career. Let's have a little bit of fun here, Michael. What was your first really special car, your own personal car, and maybe you could share a memory you have with that vehicle? Well, when I was uh, I was a car freak, as you said, when I was a kid, and, and so I uh, um, most of my friends were, were driving their dad's car or whatever. I said, no way. I, you know, I, I couldn't put up with driving my dad's Volkswagen Beetle and all these gravel kind of crazy things. And, and I said, I needed to have a car that has bucket seats and four on the floor. I, if I kept finding bench seats with a three in the column, I said, that's not a car. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a nerd car, <laughs> not a real, a serious car. So I finally found the car, even before I would turn 16, I found the car. It was a 1967 Mustang Fastback, just like Steve McQueen's uh, car in, uh, in, in Bullet. And the car that Ford used to make the, the, the present Mustang, used that car as a reference, right? Yeah. And that's where they knocked off to the in-house 
incestuousness, it did a, a, a new version of the 67 Mustang Fastback, right? And so I had to wait to buy the car because I needed my license plate, my license, driver's license first. Like, I turned 16, got my license, driver's license, and bought the car all the same morning. <laughs> and it was an amazing car because uh, uh, back then it was it was a time of of uh, uh, drag racing and things like that. I put, I put the car up on shocks and high risers uh, and hijackers in the back with big fat tires, and it was a, it was a pretty cool car to drive around in high school. And uh, if I had that car today, I think that would be pretty, pretty pretty cool to have an all American muscle car here in Torino and here in Italy amongst all the sophisticated. Uh, uh, sports cars they have here. That was, that was a pretty wild, exotic car. Yeah, you know, when uh, I, I always drove European cars, I've always loved European cars, especially German cars, but I did buy a 66 GT350 Shelby Mustang. It was a clone that a friend of mine had built, but a very, very nicely done clone. And I'll say, I couldn't get gas without it being a half hour experience with that car. So many people would walk up and want to talk about. You know, old ladies, little kids, it didn't matter because of the history of that fastback. And it was great fun. A little hairy to drive here in the rain in the Pacific Northwest because it was my daily commuter. But uh, so we share a little something there. That fastback holds a special place in my heart. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you let go that you really wish you had back in the garage today? Well, actually, uh, unfortunately, I haven't uh, bought, you know, these luxury supercars and things like that because I don't have that kind of income to do that. But the, the one car that I would love to have in my garage right now is the Strato Zero Prototype Zero, <laughs> uh, 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 which was bought by a guy in Los Angeles just a short time ago. It was auctioned off at the Vida uh, 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 Desta uh, auction uh, because uh, when Bertoni had all these problems with closing down Carlo City Bertoni and uh, trying to trying to rebuy the brand, to rebuy all the the, the cars and things like that. They decided to uh, the, all the seventy five cars in the, in the in the museum, which were just sold last week, by the way. The seventy five cars belonged to Carlos Bertone, so Lily Bertone had to buy them back from uh, the, the the bankruptcy in the in the Carlos Bertone. They said, "Well, I haven't got fifty million euros to buy these cars." They said, "We'll take the six most beautiful cars. We'll sell them." make piles of money off them, and then we'll give you a much smaller price to buy the rest of the cars. So that's what she did. It took away these beautiful, beautiful cars. And one of them was the Strato Zero. Mm. Strangely enough, it didn't go for a really high price. It was it started at $1.6 They sold it for 800000 which wow. is a very wow. low price. It's an amazing car. Right. But I met the guy who bought it, a guy named Thomas Mao, who lives in, in L.A., and he came out to see me, and I took him over to, to – to visit Marcello Gandini, the designer of that car, and he was just uh, awestruck by meeting the, the maestro, right? Yeah. In a good long talk, and we talked about how the car came about, things like that. And, and he's the owner of the car now, and if I could choose one car on earth I'd like to have in my garage, be that car right there. <laughs> well, you answered a question I'm going to ask you a little bit later, but that's okay because I can sense your passion how about Cura Projects, Michael? Is there a project you guys are working on right now at ED Design that really has you excited and fired up? Absolutely. The, the concept car we presented this year's uh, Geneva show was our first show ever, uh, first stand ever for ED at the Geneva Auto Show. Uh, it's called, a car called the Torque. And the Torque is a self-driving race car, which in itself is really scary for almost everybody. <laughs> Second of all, it's a full electric race car. Uh, has four electric wheels and uh, engines in it, 
And third of all, has no external glass, no external windows. So uh, he'll say, well, what the? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What he are said, you thinking? That. And I said, well, we just did. And that was, it was a shock factor, the Geneva Auto Show, because people, there were a number of autonomous vehicles at the show. Drew uh, uh, Dryle did one, looked like a, a, a sort of a Buick, and it was just a, a normal sedan. And they said, oh, by the way, this is also autonomous. He said, well, you don't, you don't see anything different from an existing car. And, and so the reason why uh, we did this really radical uh, uh, race car as an autonomous vehicle, first of all, is we want to test autonomous driving on the racetrack first and, and put it out on the streets with sidewalks and, and, and baby buggies and, and old ladies second. Mm. right? So by creating a test vehicle for the racetrack, uh, historically, automobiles have always been tested first on the racetrack, second in production. And lately, it doesn't happen that way. Formula One cars are so esoteric, they could never, ever make it into in production. Um, Le Mans cars are so bizarre, they never make it into production. So we're losing a connection between race cars and, and street cars. I think that it would be wonderful to get that back, try to find a way to re- reconfirm that connection and go out there and create a race car and then have it develop it towards the future into a, into a car in the, on, the, on, the, on the street, and in this case, certainly an autonomous car. So people say, well, why an autonomous race car is not going to make everything boring when robot cars go around and around and around and around and then you lose all the, the appeal of racing and, and, and stuff? I said, well, the reason why I want to do this is because, first of all, I want to test autonomous driving technology, first of all. Second of all, I want to find a way of testing man's connection with machines because I'm going to have a race car. This car has a steering wheel in it. But it's a retractable steering wheel. So we'll put Lewis Hamilton behind the wheel. I drive this car around the track five times, ten times, twenty times. And the, uh, the computer on board, the, the, car, the, the race car says, okay, I got it. <laughs> and the, 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 wheel, the wheel goes away and he drives around and he does every single corner, the best performance, every corner put together in a puzzle so he can give a perfect lap every single time for 100 tra- laps in a row. Right, where sometimes uh, race car drivers have a hard time, you know, they, they do one curve, two, three, four, five curves perfect, and then one curve bad. Then they go through. So in this case, he could do a perfect lap. So the question, why leave the driver in the car if the computer is driving the car? So because I want to find a way of inviting the, the driver to interact with the onboard computer and tell him, hey, look, pass that car on the next curve, and the driver and the, the computer said, no, three curves from now. So it becomes a dialogue between the onboard computer who is doing, already doing the best lap, and the driver says, I, I think we can beat that. So try to find a way to raise the bar in the automobile industry in terms of high performance with, uh, we put the, the line, the start line is the best, the very best we can possibly do. Then move up from there. Thanks to the fact we're going to have a new interaction between computers and, and human beings, which will go further and further as we, as we do an experimentation. And that's why with this particular car we're working on right now, not only is it, it was a radical car we're looking at because it has no windows on the outside, so I put screens all around the inside, wraparound screens about, about 30 centimeters tall, all the way around to so have perfect vision. Wow. No, no A pillar, no B pillar, no C pillar, no this. So you get perfect vision plus the fact it's lighter weight because glass is heavy and tiny little screens, flexible OLED screens are very, very thin and very uh, lightweight. 
On top of all that, I can add intelligence onto the images. Wow. I can information over the track, showing what's the best path to go, showing what's happening with the other guy, the dynamics, the, you know, the dynamic lines between one and the other. And so in a dogfight on the track, here's a computer showing how this, this is all laying out in front of you. You can choose those paths together with the computer to show how the best way to go. Wow. On top of all this, I said, I want to create what we call an open architecture uh, system, which allows us to do what we call a mobile laboratory. Mobile laboratory means, okay, I built a car, I put it on the track, and I, and I raced it. Now, now what do we do? Well, that's the start, not the arrival point. Because at that point, we'll do clones of this car uh, uh, and have it one, two, three, ten of them, a hundred of them, and we'll send them out to research institutes around the world, to OEMs around the world, even to tech giants around the world, and have them experiment with our car. And each experiment they do, we'll go back into a giant database, growing the, the, the use of high-performance autonomous vehicles faster and further, thanks to the fact that we're adding more information to the, to the experimental database uh, every day. Today, we have Google doing 1.2 million test, test uh, miles on the streets around uh, Mountain View, but that's in a Prius. It's <laughs> not, not in a futuristic car with, with hands-free driving. And so I'm trying to find a way to put uh, uh, raise the bar and all this and see if we can find an open architecture source so we call in more people to have this faster. Today we have apps, people writing apps for iPhones because they're available. We don't have people writing apps for autonomous cars because they're not available. I want to, I want to make them available for more app developers to, to write for autonomous vehicles, not just for iPhones, because that's what's missing right now. We don't have enough app writers for autonomous vehicles. So the Torque is a very exciting vehicle. Uh, it's a wild looking car, first of all. Second of all, it's the beginning of a number of vehicles. The next one will be a city car, and then a, a, a semi truck, and then even, even an airplane, which we're gonna go further and further with this. But the most important thing is to not hold it all to myself and hide from Mercedes, and hide from Google, and hide from Ford, hide from Toyota, but open it up. Allow the world to test these cars, test these systems, test these user interface ideas. At that point, I think we can go a lot faster and a lot further. This is the most exciting thing I've done in my career, I can guarantee you. And I've been working with autonomous vehicles since the Dialogos concept car in 1998. So that's about 17 years I've been working on these things. And finally, the rest of the world is catching up. So I'm really excited to be able to put my uh, hat in the, in, the, in the arena and do real cars that other people can try, try to, to use. Fantastico. <laughs> it's just, this is so exciting, so cool. And on your show notes page here at Cars Yeah, we're going to have a picture of the Torque. That, okay. So our, our listeners, when they go to the Cars Yeah website, they can see this vehicle. Uh, it just sounds incredible, just incredible. I, I can tell the passion that's happening there at ED Design and with what you're doing. Really great. Here's a very introspective question for you. I love this question. If Michael was a car, what kind of car would he be and why? Well, that's an easy one because uh, Richard Bertone used to say that the best car I've ever designed is my next one, right? And so certainly it, it, the car I'd like to be is my next one, first of all. Absolutely. And it will certainly be a, a shock car, a, a show, shocking show car, uh, which needs to be cutting edge. 
needs to be uh, breaking the rules, needs to be opening new territory, needs to be pushing the boundaries out past our circle of knowledge we have today. I've always considered myself a futurist and a researcher even before being a designer. And so as a futurist researcher, I'm trying to find new ways of putting those ideas into cars, into uh, uh, the, the automobile of the future, and not just doing what we call parafangismo. Parafango is the fender. Parafangismo in English would be fenderisms. Most designers design fenders, physical objects. They get a swoop here and then a flare here and a thing. That's, that's superficial stuff. This guy is not sexy outside, it's sexy inside. The iPhone, so yes. <laughs> how can we find a way to make cars sexy inside? And I'm convinced that, that the real true research auto industry is going more and more towards the IT industry because they're converging together. IT industry and the auto industry are becoming one in the new digital era. We have to find a way of making the experience sexy and not only the, the shell being sexy. It's like making a, being a beautiful, beautiful blonde woman and have her be an airhead. Right? <laughs> That's never happened. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course not. And, and to all of this is out there, I, I don't tell you, it could be a, a blonde guy and be an airhead. <laughs> yes. It's not a, a feminine joke. It's, it's a, about humans and their outside and their insides. I like to find a way of making cars really sexy inside and allow people to enjoy that new digital sexiness rather than just playing uh, fiberglass. Wonderful. You know, again, that's why I love that question, because it instills a lot of, of introspective thought, and you just uh, you just answered in a very, very unique way that I've never heard before. So thank you for that. So, Michael, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. Use discount code CARSYA20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CARSYA.com sponsors. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool 
that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Okay, Michael, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yeah, you got it. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, I think it's it's, it's just a very simple thing. Uh, passion makes perfect. I love it. Passion makes perfect. So true. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Um, I think the most important thing is uh, um, never say never. I find myself in really high highs and very low lows. But when you fall down and stumble, which happens in many of our lives, whether it's private lives or personal lives, get back up again and, and, and go, go back and do great things again. Don't consider the game over just because you tripped. Yep. yep. So yep. Uh, uh, going high highs and low lows and high highs again, that's a very important message that I think every one of us should should learn from, and heaven knows how many times I've done that. <laughs> you know, I heard a, a great way that was put one time, that most of the time when we fall down, we fall forward. And the great thing about that is when we get up, we're already a little bit ahead of where we were. So, yeah, a great way to think about it. Is there a resource out there that you think the Cars yeah listeners would really enjoy? I know there are so many these days, but is there one in particular that you like to, to receive, either a blog or maybe it's a, a website that you go to often? Well, I, we do a lot of research on uh, for cars uh, out there, trying to look at what's that door handle of a of a Mercedes or or a gear shifter of a Ford or whatever. And we go to net car show all the time, looking for all the details of these cars, trying to figure out all the cars in the world. Unfortunately, net car show has no Chinese cars in it. So since we do a lot of work for China, I have to go to Chinese versions of net car show. So we do a lot of just plain visual research on these things. And so uh, my designers are all connected with many, many websites that show all the brands, all the cars, all the details. And that's, for me, a, a very precious uh, reference point for, for all of our development. So is it Net Car Show? Is that a website? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. Great. And how about a book? I know there's some great books out there, but is there one in particular you think the Cars Yeah listeners should crack open and read? Well, I do, I've got a whole bookshelf here full of illustration books. I, I do a lot of uh, just fine art stuff, and I just love guys that driving things, illustrations on Star Wars, illustration on, on future scene, futuristic scenes and things like that. Always looking for new techniques, new fiber in, in, uh, in, 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 te- in textures and things. And so I do a lot of that. But uh, I also read a lot of books about business, about uh, uh, leadership, and uh, one of the recent ones I just read was called David and Goliath uh, by Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell, which, yeah. How you can not be a giant and still create havoc. The rest <laughs> of- Gladwell's great, isn't he? I love his books. He really does help you re- reposition your, your, your thought pattern. And again, either you're GM or you're nobody. Well, that's not true. We can do a lot of damage as little guys uh, if we have the right attitude. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Michael shared with us at carsyad.com slash Michael Robinson. I have a quick question for you, a little off kilter here, but I'm about to go tomorrow to the Seattle International Car Show. And being a designer, what's one word of advice you would advise for me and those people who go to these car shows? What's one thing you could advise us to do when we're at a car show? 
do exactly the thing that I do every time I go to a car show. And the question is, uh, see if you can find one thing or two things that's new. Because most times you'll see things that, oh, yeah, I've already seen that, already seen that, already seen that, already seen that. Or, or sometimes you see a new car that looks like an old car. I said, well, well what, what, where's the beef? You know, where's the, where's the, and, and we're trying to find, uh, I asked people to look for something that's next generation, what's going to open up new directions and not only uh, sort of copy what's already there. And so the Frankfurt show was jam-packed full of, of clones. Mm. Lots and lots and lots of clones. So you go to the Seattle car show and you see lots and lots of clones. You say, wait a minute, they don't have to all be clones. I try to come up with one thing and say, well, that wasn't a clone. That was really cool. I liked it. It wasn't like all the other SUVs. It wasn't like all the other coupes and things. But it was a new direction I think could be a, could be a concept car. could be a production car. It doesn't really matter if it's one or the other. Most important thing, it, it helps you understand that we're alive. We're not just sort of floating with all the rest of the gang, trying to copy the, the, the semi-leaders in the, in the world today, saying, well, this is good enough today, so we'll just continue that. Great. So look for something new, something fresh, something that's going to be a, a next generation Ford automobiles that we're going to be buying. I will keep your words in my skull as I walk through the Seattle International Car Show tomorrow with a big smile on my face. So looking for yeah. one or two things that are new. All right. Very cool. Thank you for that. All right. We're up to the checkered flag. Now, you already answered this question, but I'm going to have you elaborate a little bit more. The question goes like this. This question is a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but money's no object, today I'll write the check, so don't worry about that. But you can't buy that GTO and sell it and buy a bunch of Stratoses, okay? <laughs> one car, what would that one vehicle be? And you've already said what you think the car would be, but the more important part of this question is, why did you choose that vehicle? Well, the car is certainly the Strato Zero, Prototype Zero, which is from Bertone in 1970. And the reason why it's so important because that's the car that had me become a car designer, the car designer I'm today. I was inspired by that car and transformed me. The, 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 the Kodak moment, the light bulb went off of my head and all those good things. And that was a car that inspired all that. I think many young people, maybe like your son going to Pebble Beach and seeing a, a, a Pandion, was hit by this thing and said, you know, I'm going to try something, something really cool too. We're all looking for inspiration, and that car was my initial inspiration for uh, having become what I am today. So having that car in the garage would be just a constant reminder of where I came from and why I'm here and things like that. But uh, 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 in any case, uh, it's a really expensive car, and, and it, owns to a, it belongs to a friend of mine, so I don't know if he's going to sell it one of these years. <laughs> the, uh, the, the most important thing is that's the car I would certainly like to have. Uh, and the other cars I'd love to have are ones I'm still in, haven't invented yet in my head. So when they when I actually do build them and put them out there, and they could be a one-off, could be a prototype, could be a concept car, could be a production car. But all those cars that are yet to come are also ones that I'd love to have in my garage. But the only the car existing on the earth today that I'd like to have would be that one right there. That one right there. Well, I'll uh, go down to Los Angeles and see what I can do for you there. Every car is for sale. We're just car takers or caretakers, rather, of these vehicles. So I think if I could write the big golfer's check, those big ones with a lot of zeros, <laughs> maybe we could get him to uh, let that car go. Yeah. Very cool. Michael, you have taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed talking with you all the way from Italy. It's been great fun. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 1970 Lanchus Stratos? I think the most important thing is, is our, our life is too short 
to live uh, awaiting uh, and, and thinking and dreaming. We get to jump out there and do something. Uh, life is going very, very fast. Technology is definitely very, very fast. I can't go fast enough, far enough, what I'm, what I'm thinking. And so I'd like everybody else to think about going faster and farther because uh, we only have one life to live and we like to make something out of it. And we're, we're creating history of tomorrow, right today. Mm-hmm. They'll look back in 2050. In 2015, they say, well, who are the people doing amazing things? And I'd like myself to be one of them. I'd like to, all the people listening also to think they could also be one of those people that made a difference in, in people thinking back in 2015. So let's push forward and, and try to create things that are not there today instead of just repeating things that are already existing. Wonderful. Well, listeners, you heard it from Michael. Get out there, do something, make a difference. You can do it. And that's what Cars yeah is all about. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and ED Design? EDDesign.it is our website. You can find it on, on online. Or you go to my, web, my Wikipedia site. It leaves all about the cars I've done and things like that, the crazy projects I've done. But uh, I think that... Uh, uh, if you look, Mike, Mike Rao is a car designer. You probably find lots of things on Google. I'm sure you will, as I have. So, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Michael shared with us at carsyeah.com. Just put Michael in the search box, and his show notes page will pop up with a really cool picture of the torque, and you'll learn all about what he's up to. Michael, again, thank you for calling in today and being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. Take care, man. Ciao. You too. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.